Please stand. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God of grace and mercy, we give you thanks for your loving kindness to all your servants, who, having finished their course in faith, now rest from their labors. Grant that we also may be faithful to death and receive the crown of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
We continue with the responsive reading of Psalm number 23. It is found printed in your bulletin. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, as it was in the beginning. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from Isaiah chapter 25. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will ruin the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The Sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will move the disgrace of His people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in Him, and He saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in Him. Let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. This is the word of our Lord. The second lesson is from Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through 17. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I remember that now at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may give to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware that I planned many times to come to you, but you have, prevented, but you have been prevented from doing so until now in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the others. I am obligated to both both to Greeks and to non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes first for the Jew, then then for the Gentile. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. 
This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel comes to us this morning from St. John chapter 10. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep, so when he sees that the wolf is coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We now sing our next hymn, Beautiful Savior, number 537.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. And so to Jerry and to Glenn, your family and friends of Jim, In my time getting to know Jim, I came to learn a few different things about him. Number one, that all of his words were measured, never wasting any time trying to fumble around, trying to find the right thing to say. Instead, he would just simply say it. Sometimes there was a long enough pause in our conversation that I wasn't sure if it was my turn to add to the conversation yet. And so I would start to talk, and then he wasn't done yet. But that was fine, because I really wanted to hear what he had to say. Number two, he was very proud of his family, and he cared a great deal for them. In my visits with him, he would often recall all of his kids and how proud that he was of them, and at times even lovingly brag about the different things that they did or the different things that they had accomplished. Number three, Jim was very gentle, not only in his mannerisms, but in the way that he spoke. And I think that the grandpa personality persona fit him very, very well. And number four, as I found out uh, a few days ago that Jim had told his family that he was ready to go home. I want to go home, he said. And when we hear our loved ones say something like this, our first reaction can sometimes be a little uneasy about it and then try to get them to stop talking like that. Oh, it's not your time yet, and oh, I'm not ready for you to leave yet. It makes us a little bit uncomfortable because we might not know exactly what to say. Our loved one is dying, about ready to leave this life, and everything and everyone in it. How are we supposed to handle that? How are we supposed to know what to say? And why would they say something like that? I want to go home where I'm ready to go home. I know that what comes to my mind is that when my grandpa told me that when he was close to death, he said, Jake, I'm ready, but everybody just has to wait their turn. But we are also reminded of someone who said much the same thing. He was fully aware that he was not much longer for this life. In fact, he said to a young friend, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. He was talking about his death. And he said, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. His name was St. Paul. He would go on to say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I have the, de- I have the desire, Paul was saying, to depart and to be with Christ. Jim said, 
I want to go home. And I suppose that he was in pretty good company, after all, with his own with his own, to desire to depart and to be with Christ. The hard part for the rest of us is having to speak about the subject of death when a loved one brings it up and then deal with the reality of death when it occurs. It is something that we don't like having to deal with, especially when it comes to someone that we care so much about. But why did Jim have a desire to go? Had he fallen into the depths of despair, that he was without hope, seeing death as his only way out. And what did he mean when he said that he was ready? And why did he say that? I believe that we will find the answers to those questions in his confirmation verse from Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, that was just read. Again, that reads, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. And we know that Jim believed. We know that he was a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, and as such, we know that every day that Jim lived on this side of heaven, from the day of his conception until the day of his death, that the power of God for salvation was with him and upon him. You see, Jim is one of the good shepherd's sheep. Not Jim was, Jim is. Jim knows his Lord's voice, and he followed his voice home, and no one snatched him out of the Father's hand. Jim's life story is really one of two different trips. The first trip began when he was born on January 19, 1932, and continued as his life took many different twists and turns, just as it does for each of us. Growing up, going to school, experiences with friends, marriage, His life in the church where he served as an elder and as a member of the school board. And then there were children and grandchildren and more. This was a journey that gave him great pleasure and happiness with his loved ones, but was also made difficult and also challenging with the death of loved ones too, like the death of his beloved wife, Jerry, before him. But this trip for Jim on this side of heaven has come for has come to an end. It is finished. I want to go, he said, just like he wanted. But there was another trip on which Jim had gone on, a trip of profound importance that hasn't come to an end. That was the journey that he began with Jesus. Trusting him as his Savior, it is a journey that was nurtured on God's Word and His sacrament all of these years. And unlike the other trip that had its uncertainties and times of great hardship, this one is a trip that has been kept kept absolutely free of physical illness or even death. This is the trip that through life that Jim made with his Lord Jesus, and it has not stopped. It is the life described by the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10 that was just read. The life that by God's grace is lived in companionship with Jesus. On this journey, according to Jesus, 
that the two traveling companions know each other well. In fact, Jesus says of this trip that we are on with him, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Did you hear those words? The sheep know him. The sheep hear him. And the sheep follow him. Simply put, that is what faith is. Faith is that special trust of who Jesus is for you and what he has done for you. And that's the other trip that Jim was on, traveling with his Savior all the way, confident of his destination. I want to go home. And this trip is characterized by giving and receiving. All that Jesus had to give, he gave to Jim as one of his beloved lambs. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Jim's life was given, e- Jim's life was given eternal value by the Savior's life that was laid down for him. No longer could any sin accuse him. No longer could any sin prevent him from being loved and accepted and chosen by God. Jesus took it all on himself and answered for it all in Jim's stead. And as St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, who indeed is also interceding for us. Can there be any doubt about the source of Jim's desire to go home? Because you see, he knew where he was going. He was confident in being ready because he knew that his Savior had well prepared him for it. You see, the journey upon which we travel with the Lord Jesus as Christians is one that is made in total security, regardless of outward appearances and experiences. Not only are we known by the Lord, given his word that he tells us is spirit and life and graced with forgiveness and eternal life, but also we are promised that safely in the Lord's hands we will never die. And no one and nothing can or ever will snatch us away from him. The one trip for Jim has come to a natural end, just as it will for us all. But the other trip, the one that sustained him in this life and transcends everything, even death, that journey will never end. In fact, it has now been transformed for Jim from faith in Jesus to seeing Jesus with his own eyes. From hope of eternal life to actually experiencing it for all time. For I am sure, says Paul, that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Some people sadly only make one trip in life, and that by themselves, without Jesus. But by faith, the Christian is ready to leave this earthly journey and continue on an eternal one. 
It is my prayer for each of you here today that you will trust in the promises of Jesus. The promises that saw Jim home. So that you will be able to say when when that time comes for you, I'm ready to go home. And you'll know exactly why you can say that. May the peace of God which transcends all that your minds can do Guard and keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand. And just as Jim did so many times, we now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated.
Please stand. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together in one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the gates of death and the grave we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Grant to all who mourn, trust in your love and care, that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Help us, we pray, in the midst of things we cannot understand, to believe in and find comfort in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. God of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death that he ended the power of death, and by his resurrection opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Prepare us in the assurance that because he lives, we shall live also, and that neither death nor life, nor things present nor things to come, will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And together we pray the prayer that our Lord gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, Please be seated.
This does conclude this portion of the funeral service for this morning. Uh, the family invites all of you to join them in the luncheon that has been prepared for us immediately after the graveside service that's over in the fellowship hall in the school. Also, if you are coming with us out to the graveside, please bring your bulletins with you because there is a hymn on the back of it in which we will be singing at the very start. Thank you. 